Welcome to Box Talk, a podcast for affiliates and coaches, powered by Kettlebell Kitchen is a goal-based meal delivery service that believes in fueling the body with high-quality, nutrient-dense foods to help you perform your best. Head over to kettlebellkitchen.com and use the code BOXTALK to get $25 off your first two orders of $50 or more. Well, hello and welcome to this episode of Box Talk. I say this every time and I think it's because I don't have anything else original to say, but I have a special guest and they're all very special. So go ahead and introduce yourself. Tell us who you are, what you do, where you're from. Hey, my name's Adam Sturm. I'm from Brooklyn, New York, and I'm one of the founders and co-CEOs of CrossFit Outbreak. Now, Adam, you don't sound like a New Yorker. No, I know. And I grew up in Queens. (laughs) What is that about? uh, I have no idea. <laughs> Definitely do not have a New York accent. Yeah, that's interesting. I, yeah, I understand that uh, accents are determined by who your friends are when you're growing up and not so much your parents, because my parents definitely had a New York accent. And I guess, I don't you know, Man, that's, don't have one. That's a little weird. But how, yeah, I was just thinking about that as you were talking. I was like, he doesn't even sound like a New Yorker. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. one of my coworkers sounds more like a New Yorker than you. And, He's from somewhere south. <laughs> I think maybe if I get going, it comes out, but for the most part, no. I wonder if you talk to your parents, if it comes out then. That right. shit does. Yeah. But anyways, <laughs> all right. We're not here to talk about accents. We're here to talk yeah. about business and CrossFit. So, Adam, why don't you just tell us your story? I, I want to know, how how did you find CrossFit? How in the world did you come to own CrossFit Outbreak and yeah. five locations? It's crazy. Yeah. So my first experience with CrossFit was eight or nine years ago. I went to an affiliate, a pretty famous affiliate, um, called CrossFit South Brooklyn. They were in an old theater, an Elysium Theater. And um, the guy who runs it, his name is David Osorio. He was teaching a class. And long story short, it was really intimidating. It was super tough. And... They're really good people, but at that time and point, it was like, I cannot do this. And then fast forward three years later, 2011, um, I'm getting divorced. I know I need to make a change. I know I need to start my fitness, um, do something. And I was working in Long Island City, Queens, and I started with another kind of old school CrossFit box, CrossFit Long Island City, which is no longer around. And... They, I walk in and they're like, you need to do private on-ramp. And I did private on-ramp and yeah, yeah, it was, it was, but I was desperate, right? At that point in time, like I needed to do something. So I did that and I stayed with them for about a year and a half. A couple of other affiliates I went to. um, And for me, it was just, I needed to kind of reset my life. I was 43 so it's about eight years ago i'm 51 now and that's kind of my crossfit story and then i met my business partner at another affiliate crossfit crow hill um in brooklyn and i knew i wanted to get out of my dad's business um where i was uh running sales and i approached him my partner shimmy and he was on board, and this is about four and a half years ago, which is kind of in, insane to think that it's been that long. But wow. yeah, that, but, that's in a nutshell my CrossFit story. Yeah, so 
And I love asking this question because there's some sort of shift that happens from CrossFit athlete doing CrossFit to, hey, I want to own one of these bad boys. So what is that shift that happened? I know you say you want to get out of your father's business, but what, what kind of made that mindset change from I'm just doing this for fitness and changing my life to, hey, I want this to be my life? Yeah. So, you know, at the time, and even still today, CrossFits were run by, are run by affiliate owners, and they're they're really run like, you know, relatively small scale. I mean, there, there are outliers, of course. Um, but I thought there was a real opportunity, and my partner, Shimmy, thought there was <clears throat> uh, opportunity to scale it up. And um, we found an old warehouse in Brooklyn next to Brooklyn Navy Yard in a neighborhood called Clinton Hill. This was in 2014. And we signed a lease and, you know, we put street signs out, we put flyers out, and we decided we were not going to do on-ramp. We were going to be accessible to everybody. And really, we were going to kind of like um, have this no barrier to entry philosophy, right? Like if you wanted to join the gym, we weren't going to vet you or question you. It's kind of like when you go to Starbucks, right? Like they don't ask you if you want an extra shot in your coffee, you get an extra shot in your coffee. They're not... Are you sure you can handle it? It's going to be really intense, right? Like, you know, hey, you <laughs> that'd be this? weird so if that we, happened. But CrossFit is kind of like that, right? Like, you know, they make it challenging to join. Um, there are definitely obstacles to getting yourself into an affiliate. On ramp is often at um, challenging times. Um, so for us, we have a very clear value proposition. Um, we do free trials currently for all our classes, although our business is scaling up and we see that kind of something that we'll no longer need to do in the foreseeable future. Uh, try a class. If you like it, we incentivize you to join. We give you a very small discount, $5 off our immediate middle of the road membership and $10 off our unlimited um, if you join up the same day. And that was like our founding one of our founding philosophies is that we should be accessible to everybody. We should be able to scale because there's universal scaling and we should, we were really trying to kind of take a little bit of that scary out. Um, certainly my first experiences were really overwhelming and intimidating. I was, I was there out of desperation. Okay. So you were taking your experiences yeah. and trying to fix them basically in your own gym. A little bit, right? Like I, we saw an opportunity and a chance to kind of change the model, right? I mean, we're still a die-in-the-wool CrossFit. Um, we still, 90% of our classes are still CrossFit classes, but there was just an opportunity um, to strip away the onboarding process. Hmm. And I, so I remember when I went through OnRamp, and it was private OnRamp, um, after the... Um, 12 classes or so, 12 private sessions. I was still completely intimidated. I could not overhead squat. I could not do a pull-up. Kettlebell swings were difficult. Burpees, I mean, they still don't look good, but, you know, like... Do burpees right? ever look good? <laughs> Some people. Right, we hate those people. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, and then Jimmy and I, um, he was coaching at Crow Hill. I approached him. Um for the first two years, I stayed involved with my parents' business, even after we opened the second location. And um, when Clinton Hill opened our first location, and it's not particularly big box, uh, it's 3,000 square feet. 
We signed up 60 people pre-opening. Within the first month, we had 100 people. And after the first year, we had 120. And then after two years, it went to 250. And it was and we were really fortunate to partner with um, a very special trainer who now runs that gym, um, Coach Mike. So Coach Mike is now our general manager of Clinton Hill. So, okay. And we've just been, you know, people process um, product, right? So, you know, putting the right people in the right place, having a good process and making your product accessible to everybody. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of been a little bit of our, our success. Yeah. So was it a issue when people were coming in to, to, to make sure they're doing things safely? Because you wanted to decrease that barrier to entry, you know, maybe not have it be too scary. So then what did you do in place of that in order to, you know, teach them correctly and have them still have a great yeah. experience? Scaling. I mean, it's, it's that CrossFit, you know, universal scaling model, right? So if you can't deadlift, I mean, just like every other box, I think, um, we're going to start with a PVC, put you on a training bar, then you go 35-45, then you start to put plates on. Once it looks good, um, then we can go up and wait. Yeah, same, but, but they're doing that all within the same, the same class as everyone else. Right. We also cap our classes. So, oh, okay. Um, yep. Okay, so especially on our smaller boxes. You know, I mean, it makes you don't sense. Really go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And yeah, so that's that's how we deal with it. Okay. No, that makes sense. Interesting. So, okay. So, um, I also wanted to ask to, so you, you mentioned me and you guys were like, Hey, let's, let's do this thing. But how, how do you, how do you come to that point where you're like, I want to go into business with this person and like partner with them. Like what, what maybe oh. was, yeah. What maybe was it about it that you guys were like, Hey, we can do this. We can work together. We can, we can do this yeah. thing. We, we saw eye to eye on a lot of the – we still see eye to eye um, on 95% of what we're um, involved with. But it was just – it was a good fit. Um, there's def- You know, it's like it's like any other relationship, right? You know, it's a little bit of trust, a little bit of give and take. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, you're taking a leap of faith. Um, but 100%, we would have – or uh, we would have not been able to grow Outbreak without each other. So. Yeah. Um, there are times we definitely don't agree, but I'm going to say for the vast, vast majority, we do agree. And there's at this point in time, there's a lot of it where it's like, yeah, you do this, I'll do this and kind of have our separate, you know, areas of expertise. We check in with each other, usually with a morning phone call and an afternoon phone call if we don't see each other. Um, yeah. So it's it was trust and instinct in the beginning. Yeah. yeah. And we it- do. Go ahead. Well, I was, I was just going to say that's what I've heard from a lot of partnerships is it is trust and it's also same direction, same mindset. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Do, you, do you guys try to make it to all of your locations once a week? Yeah. So more, right? Like we try and be, we'll, we'll go to class here, here, here. We coach once, twice a week at this point. Um, we try and touch the gyms. We have general managers in each facility um, who is responsible from – it's a relatively new thing for us. We had two years we, we did not have GMs, um, but we have GMs in each facility, and they're the head coach GM. Okay. They, you know, they do about 20 hours of coaching. Uh, they're in the gym about 20 hours. 
They have um, all the privates that they can handle, um, and they manage a schedule. We're still handing off on the schedule. Um, they're responsible for the cleanliness. Um, they're responsible for specialty classes. Um, they come to us with hours that they think. And it's so we made the big mistake of thinking, oh, one big happy brand, right? CrossFit outbreak, right? How wonderful. Yay. It's great. <clears throat> People don't care at all. They just care about that individual affiliate, wow. their coach there, the person mm-hmm. next to them. Yeah, think about it, right? It's mm-hmm. really community fitness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know? no, yeah, no, I know. Yeah, I know. I didn't even think about that. And I, I want to back it up real quick because I know yeah, yeah. we have some people who maybe don't know, you know, the evolution of Outbreak. And you guys, you know, went from one location, you have five locations now. Um, can you can you talk a little bit about how that evolution happened? You know, how you how you grew, how, how you are even now managing right, five different right, locations? Right. Yeah. So I knew. You know, I'm 51. I knew I wasn't going to be a CrossFit coach. I got my L1, L2, USAW, uh, USA powerlifting coach, did that, still coach a little bit. But I knew I wasn't going to be a CrossFit coach my whole life, right? Like I needed to know it. I I wad five days a week, you know, try and keep it authentic. But I knew like there are guys that are 22 years old, 25 years old, and they just move a lot better and they're a lot better to look at than I am at 51, right? <laughs> you know, so it's like, um, even though I bring value, I think my value at this point is not coaching 20 hours per week, right? So I knew that after we opened the first box, um, if it was a success, we wanted to open a second box. Um, the second location is in Williamsburg, East Williamsburg, Brooklyn, which is this neighborhood that's had a big turnaround. And I drove past this location every day for about three years. And then one day after we opened up Clinton Hill, I was like, this would make a great box. And there was a for rent sign for it. And the landlord here is they're two older kind of crazy dudes. Um, right. Exactly. That's awesome. And it took it took a lot of coffee to kind of like a lot of meetings, a lot of back and forth. And so then we were able to open uh, East Williamsburg, which was our second affiliate in 2015. And same thing, right? We found another key coach, uh, Coach Victor. Uh, and now this is his affiliate. And we built it up exactly the same way. And um, at that point, you know, two years in, we had 120. We opened here with like 50 or 60. Um, I imagine after our second year, we probably had somewhere around 350 athletes on two boxes. Wow. So yeah, it was it was a good run. And then we kind of, you know, it's all about learning from your mistakes, right? And then we opened up the third one, which is in Williamsburg. Uh, that one's the biggest. So Clinton Hill is about 3,000 square feet. East Williamsburg, where I'm at now, is about 4,000 square feet. Um, Williamsburg is 7,500, but we have a tenant there, um, a 24-hour powerlifting gym. Oh. And they're, yeah, but they're interestingly not, um, we have no, we're friends and they're our tenant. And it's a good relationship, but they're a competitive powerlifting gym. So they're, value proposition to us is that they get a reduced rent because they're in the basement over there and 
we get a tenant and so we're able to save some money off the rent. Rent in New York City is very, very expensive. I know, and I'm thinking you have five locations. How the heck are you paying for all that rent? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a lot of athletes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so then we opened up Williamsburg, and then Williamsburg was interesting insofar as that we started to move away from what we were doing um, in Clinton Hill and East Williamsburg. And at that point, Williamsburg did not do as well as the other gyms. It did well, but it didn't do quite as well. And we realized with the third gym, um, well, it was it was, a, it was a little while after. So we opened up the third gym, long story short, um, Clinton Hill, East Williamsburg, 250, 275 athletes doing really well, great community, robust gyms. Um, and then we open up Williamsburg, and there's a lot of fitness, a lot of competition in this neighborhood. But there are also a lot of people, and it's an affluent neighborhood. Um, so we're like, okay, we're going to do well. Um, long story short, we top most people we ever got into Williamsburg, I think, was 140, and then it dropped back down. So it was it was teetering, right? Like, yeah. you know, in the red for for a while, and. So we spent like a year there not really quite understanding the market, mm. not understanding what we were doing. Uh, we had shared bathrooms. The bathrooms were a little dirty. So people were dinging us left and right for that gym. And just, I won't ruin the story, but just this last two, three months, we've been able to turn Williamsburg around um, by putting in a GM, Paul, who's our head coach. So that, right, we, we kind of messed things up after our third gym we didn't we had coaches here we had coaches there we didn't have we didn't have people okay. it. we thought one big happy brand that wasn't the case is that when you realize hey each of these are their own thing it took a year after that oh, a year and a half dang it yeah, yeah. <laughs> right exactly right right and the key so at that point right we were not rich guys we're not bankers we don't have access to unlimited funds um, but we partnered with the first gym with Clay from Rig Equip, and right. So I remember we, we've was, talked about that. I remember I've talked. To we him did. About you that. and I have talked about that, mm -hmm. and so that was great. Very reasonable interest rate. Uh, approval process is pretty straightforward. You know, our gyms are anywhere from fifty to sixty thousand dollars of equipment, depending on how big they are, and it's all of a sudden it's other people's money, right? We don't need this capital to open it. So we had the money in the bank to open up and build Clinton Hill and East Williamsburg. And but at that point, to open up Williamsburg, we needed to generate the money from the first two gyms to pay for yeah. um, the Williamsburg location. But now we're four years out. We took three our mortgage our um, equipment leases, our buyout leases. So after the last payment, we own the equipment. Uh, the first uh, two gyms are paid off. April Williamsburg comes off lease. Um, <gasps> right. So that that really that frees up a decent amount of capital for yes. us. Um, that monthly payment. So mm. those three gyms are done. Bedsty, um, which we opened about oh gosh December 2017, 2017. So a year and a couple of months. Um, we've got two years left on that and Bushwick, which is our fifth one, which we're opening in the next uh, three or four weeks, right around Valentine's Day. Wow. So that's where we're at now. 
yes, that is a crazy road. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wow. Um, yeah. So, but the the last two, um, interestingly enough, we we really got smart. We're like, mm. right, other people's money, right? Like we don't we don't need to pay for the build out of these spaces. We we literally when we're negotiating a lease, we're like, just deliver us a white box, right? <laughs> Flat floor, paint the walls light gray, spray the ceiling black, put some warehouse lighting up, and then we go in and we spend like fifteen thousand dollars. Um, on decorating it and painting and we put do a wood wall we put some astroturf up but long story short we've been able to on the last two have the landlords pay for the build out so that's wow. been super key because yeah, you've just kind key. of realized what exactly you need and it's it's bare minimum but it doesn't sound like it looks bare minimum you know it kind of is right like i mean what's a crossfit box it's an empty warehouse mm-hmm Right? You put your equipment in, you put a graphic on the wall. Right, For us, we do um, a big wood wall out of Douglas fir, out of two by eight Douglas fir. We stain them different colors. We put an AstroTurf down, uh, different styles of rigs. We know the equipment package at this point. Um, we don't need a new website. Hmm. You know, mm-hmm. So for us, the that, and we keep the gyms really close. They're, because it's New York, right? People, you know, 20 blocks is a mile and if you have to walk 20 blocks to your gym you're probably not going so yes no very true do you i mean i know you say each gym is its own entity but like can members jump from location to location if they want okay they can but they mostly don't yes and that was a big right we thought that was going to be a big deal right how cool you can go to gym to gym guess what nobody really does no because they're in new york and they don't go outside a mile because they have everything they need in a mile (laughs) yeah exactly it's like you're always schlepping right you got to walk to the train you got to take the train to work you get off the train you got to go to your office you got to then reverse the whole thing the last thing you want to do is add to your commute no matter if you're looking to lose weight build muscle or just crush prs kettlebell kitchen is here to help make it happen head over to kettlebellkitchen.com and use the code BOXTALK to get $25 off your first two orders of $50 or more. So what did it take then to find these managers? It sounds like you've found like just really awesome people to take on each of these gyms and just kind of own it, these managers that you have. What did it take to find them? What were you looking for? And, and yeah, what, yeah, what has made that successful? So all of these guys who manage our gyms, uh, Mike, Victor, Rich, um, Paul... Hunter, they were all nat- natural um, leaders. They're all, they were doing it before we promoted them to that position, right? You know, they were leading by example, they're strong coaches, um, great personalities, charismatic people. Um, they understood the onboarding process. So you were talking about bringing a new athlete on, right? Like a junior coach can struggle with scaling, right? That can get away from them. Um, they're good with the free tri- our free trial protocol that we have in place. So if you come to our gym, you know, we offer that free trial class on any of our classes currently. And they were good at signing up new athletes. Um, yeah. So, but it was just, it was, it's personality 
its commitment, its belief in the product. And so in the beginning, it wasn't, right? It was part-time coaches, everybody yeah. here, yeah. Shimmy's coaching here, I'm coaching there. Mm-hmm. And it worked, that worked for two boxes. But when we went to three and four, it was definitely not scalable. Mm-hmm. And then this past year, we took a little bit of a hit in that we had, for the first time, um, we had declining numbers. And it was because what's worked on one and two didn't work on three and four. Yeah. So we got together at the end of November, right after Thanksgiving, and we put the pieces in place to kind of change that, put the GMs in, give them autonomy as much as we can. It's still a learning process for us, right? Because we're used to like really managing these facilities and kind of like, you know, here's, here's the handyman's number. Here's the cleaning people's number. Like, you know, you got a problem, you go. Yep, giving them the reins and being okay to to let them fly away from the nest. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, no, that makes sense. And and I'm just kind of curious too, um, like when it comes to these staff, are they the managers? Are they all full time employees? All full time. They're uh, they have a base salary. Okay. Uh, they have a ten percent profit KPI key performance index um, that's accessible to them off off of our profit. Um, and then they get first right of refusal on any private clients that are coming in. Wow. So okay, we cool. try and make, right, we mm-hmm. try and make that all about them. We mm-hmm. used to have a very different system in place. Um, yeah. So you come on board, you have, you know, a living wage and your base salary, your bonus is really where you're going to butter, you're going to you know, make that extra money. And then on top of it, the privates, um, okay. where people seem to do well with those. Okay. Yeah. We also offer nutrition. Our head coach does nutrition, um, and he also does remote programming. And those are doing okay, but okay. it's a busy it's a busy marketplace. There are a lot of people out there yes. doing. Yes. Yeah. Yes. But so private private training, that personal training, that's where that's where they kind of cap it off a little bit. You'd say. I think at this point we're doing. Ten percent, approximately ten percent of our sales are off of one-on-one training. Wow, that's awesome! Yeah. and then the, on the coaches, we do we take a page out of Chris Cooper's book. We do that forty-five uh, percent or four ninths. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. Four ninths, okay, but. okay, that's that's awesome, man. That's really cool. So, I guess kind of looking back at all this and and just everything you guys have gone through and learned, what maybe what maybe in your mind, in your opinion, were uh, top three challenges and then um, top three like overcome successes that you've all had as a business. Top three challenges. Uh, not being too strict with our communities are fairly messy places, right? Like, yes. you know, and if you're a community gym and CrossFit's very much a community gym, you need to have policies in place where everyone understands what they are you abide by them, and then if you have to, on small percentage, you can work with people here and there. Mm-hmm. So we've tried to be fair, like you know, considering the scale of of outbreak at this point, and our our online reviews and the feedback we get from our um, athletes, and I'll talk more about that in a second. Um, we're pretty, we're doing a really good job with that. So. Um, understanding that was really tough. Um, the build outs of the gyms are absolutely crazy. They seem to take so much longer 
always, always. Yeah. Everyone I yeah. talk to, it's like, oh yeah, they told me a year and it was two. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Um, so those are, I'm going to say the two hardest things. We're lucky, knock on, knock on wood, um, to attract and retain really talented coaches. Um, I've talked to people and they're like, how do you do it? And I'm like, I don't know how we do it. We just, you know, we're, <laughs> we're, we're just pretty authentic. We don't know right? why like, they stay. I have no idea. Yeah. I mean, we try and offer a fair package. We try and offer fair compensation. Um, I think at the end of the day, we really try on, you know, as a business owner, you work for everybody, right? You work for your clients, you work for your employees, your landlord in New York City as a commercial tenant, you have virtually no rights. It's absolutely disgusting. No rights. So like you're literally working for everybody. And if you do it well, you're rewarded in revenue. If you do it wrong, you're rewarded in more headaches. Right. So for yeah. us, it's just been about keeping that relationship with everybody as much as we can and building, building trust and yeah. And giving them opportunities. So yeah, that's been the key thing with coaches. What was the other question? And then going from the bad stuff to the good stuff, top three successes, um, maybe things that you all have excelled at that you're like, Hey, you know, we've done this pretty well. This has really worked out well. Yeah, our free trial protocol has been super fantastic. Um, it's allowed us to grow the gym. Um, back in the day when people were doing challenges, you know, it seems like not that long ago, right? I don't know if people are still doing the six-week um, New You challenge. We came up with our own challenge, the eight-week transformation challenge, and we absolutely slayed it with that. Really? Right? So we didn't have to pay a mark. Yeah, we just copied. No offense. We just straight up copied them. And, you know, we put a website together, eight-week transformation challenge. Mm -hmm. We did the interviews. And that, for a period of time, was very transformative for us. Mm -hmm. And then the third thing that was successful was the, um, the general managers, putting in the right people in place, um, putting people that are trustworthy that really, you know, when you ask them about Outbreak, they don't say, they say we and us. Mm -hmm. They don't say... Yeah them yeah that's really that's good that's when you know thing. they're taking ownership and they are invested yeah mm -hmm. exactly. yeah no and i'm kind of curious with the um eight week challenge did it just kind of fade away the the benefit i don't know i mean yeah i don't know i think the markets moved away from it huh. um i know that in my social media last year around this time i was inundated with um leads and all, not leads um ads for ch different challenges mm -hmm. a yoga challenge a boot camp challenge you know you name it it was just different challenges but now it seems like there are few and far between mm. and you still feel like the free class that that free that free trial is still the best way for outbreak it is until we don't need it to be then we can sign up offer free trials in select classes. Because if you, if you have 15, 16 people in a class, it's really not a great idea to put a free trial in there, right? The class is super busy. It's moving. It's an organic thing. Coach is coaching it. it you're not going to get eyes on you as a free trial that you might otherwise. Yeah. So we're, we're currently picking and choosing classes to cut back. Uh. Saturday, Saturday 
at certain classes Monday. So our busy days are Monday, Wednesday, and Saturday. Those are definitely our three busiest days. So we try and manage that. So you okay. walk into you walk into Outbreak. You've registered for a free trial. Um, we use an app called Scipio um, to confirm it. Basically, when I got my glasses, I got a confirmation email from Warby Parker, and they were like, you know, uh, dear Adam, you know, uh, this is Warby Parker here confirming your uh, visit, yada, 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 no need to apply, and P.S., um, show up on time, and <laughs> so we do the same thing, right? Yeah, like, yeah. You know, just if it works, copy it. Yeah. And so, you know, mm-hmm. hey, Heather is confirming your free trial, show up on time, bring a credit card for a same-day sign-up, and it's a really easy way. And then when you show up, we'll say to you, you know, take it easy, your goal, you're going to learn a few things, have fun, we don't want you going at 100%. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a no-obligation free trial class. And then afterwards, the co- um, be- sorry, before the coach offers them a small discount if they sign up after class. Game-changer okay. for us. Yeah, so I am kind of curious because one one class you basically have one class to like hook them. That's what it sounds yeah, like. So yeah. first ma- date. Yeah, first date. Yeah, it's like oh, yeah. well, do they want to keep? Do they want to commit yeah. to more dates? Um, but but also on our website, on our website, um, our language is really clear, um, and I don't have the website in front of me, but it's something to the effect of simple membership, no annual contract. So 30 days notice, you're out. So when you yeah. sign up, if you only want to do one month with us, no problem. You can do one month. Just let us know, and then you're out after those 30 days. Yeah, that's um, true. I otherwise, mean, it is auto-renewing. So yes. it's, not, it's not a tremendous you know, commitment. It's not nothing, but... But it's something. Yeah. I mean, you have them sign. I mean, you have them signed up for a membership, and they might just keep coming. So, yeah. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's the area where most affiliates... At least from my very, very informal um, polling and conversation with other affiliate owners, I think it's where they struggle the most. So, yeah, our marketing and our value proposition and our uh, onboarding of new athletes is is really great. And um, cost to acquire a new athlete is 150 bucks, and that's just our number of new signups. Um, divided by how much we spend in advertising throughout the year, which yeah. isn't a ton at this point. Yeah, but still, yeah. I mean, yeah, and, and it often can take a long time to acquire someone. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. it's it's one of the things Jim's definitely struggled with the most. Yeah, yeah, no, for yeah. sure, huh? So, any advice on that, Adam? Any advice on maybe that that struggle area that you've learned? You know, yeah. beyond Clean. for me, like I I look at affiliate websites a lot. Uh, clean up your pricing page, right? Make it simple. Make it very easy to understand. Um, you know, d- too many options. People's eyes just go all over the place. They get nothing out of it. Everyone has, you know, um, uh, attention deficit disorder nowadays to some degree, right? They're so used, so inundated with information, looking at so many visual images. If your page is clean, concise, and has a clear value, you can tell me how much it's going to cost for a class. Am I signing a contract? You know, bullet stuff, don't write paragraphs. I think that's a big plus. Yeah, no, that's, I mean, that's a great point. And I mean, honestly, simple is, simpler is often better in most cases. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, I know there's this push now to bring people in 
for a no sweat intro and sit down with them and have that one-on-one and then have them do a class and in our market with our demographic it's new york city um i don't we we've never wanted to do that and the other thing with the on-ramp is it's just like I can't come at those times, right? Like I can't consistent. I'm not sure that OnRamp is really a successful program. I'm sure there are mm. affiliates that do it well. Um, but for us, it was like, and me personally, and my partner, Shimmy, we never had a good experience with OnRamp. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And like you said, yeah. every market's different. Every demographic's different. Every area's different. So it, it can it can depend. It really can. But it will be interesting to see maybe in a year or two, what people are doing to get people into their gyms and what they're doing when people come. So it always changes, but it always changes. I mean, we're four and a half years. Yeah. That's the one thing for about business for sure is that it's always changing, but we're four and a half years with this process. And, um, it's pretty consistent for us. The key thing. Oh yeah. So, you know, when you asked me one of the, um, more challenging things was slowing down our attrition rate. Mm -hmm. So for us, it was right. If you think of, um, Think of your membership as a bucket, right? Yeah. And then your sales is a faucet. And then yeah. in the bottom of the bucket, you've got little holes and cracks. That's your churn, right? Yep. And so we've been so focused on turning up marketing and sales, and we're great at it. Our business is super strong and successful at it. But we had a higher churn rate. And so now if you join Outbreak, you're going to sit down and – with your coach, we're going to give you after you join that one-on-one goal-setting meeting. Um, we've made it super community, so each box is doing its own events. Um, it's just like a small affiliate, right? We yeah. took it from a bigger, a bigger entity into a smaller entity, yeah. and that's been one of the things that's been more successful. Mm. Well, and I think that's, I think you bring up a good point because I think sometimes we can get so focused on turning up that faucet and, and the leads. And I hear affiliates all the time talk about, we need to get more members in, we need to get more members in. But it's like, yes, but if you kept the members that you had, like, yeah. would it be so dire to get more people in? I mean, it's a balancing act, right? At the end of the day, there's some CrossFits um, that I know we're, so we're in conversations with an affiliate that's looking to sell. Okay. And yeah, it's interesting. Um, these are great people, great box, but their membership is stuck. Mm. Um, they don't really seem to grow and they don't seem to lose people. It's like the glue trap of CrossFit, right? Like <laughs> you join this box, you're not leaving, but many people aren't, not many people are joining yeah. either. Yeah. Yeah. So they've, they're doing, something right mm. but they're not able to sell their product all that successfully mm. um, yeah huh that's interesting uh, it's like one or the other i feel like with a gym it is very much one or the other and the ones that are really slaying it are doing both mm. right they've got a um a good way clear way they understand how to bring people on they know where they stand in the market their pricing is sharp um there's something about the box, the coaching, the cleanliness. People people are super, believe it or not, when we poll our people, super hung up on bathrooms and showers and cleanliness. Like, yeah, I know. Weird. It's right. crazy. Like, I know. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know. It's yeah, a gym. Calm down. <laughs> it's a CrossFit gym, right? It's, I know. It's, right. It's a warehouse gym. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, 
just recently, um, uh, we did a survey of our athletes. You've seen the survey. You've gotten the survey over and over in your life. It's called a net promoter survey. Are you familiar with it? An NPS mm-hmm. scale of one to ten. How likely are you to recommend this business? to friends or family yes and then a question or two afterwards so we just did it today and we're i think our score is um 48 47 48 49 somewhere around that okay um which there's no there's no benchmark for other um boutique fitness gyms because it's too small of a market even though it's a big market they're just the players are too small um but we were pretty happy with it it gives us some room for improvement Mm -hmm. as a as a point of reference Apple, um, BMW are in the low to mid seventies. Okay. Yeah, I'm like you gotta give me some. You gotta give some other numbers. I'm not yeah. sure. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Comcast, um, HSBC are like in the negative thirty. So it's a scale of. I'm not right, surprised. Exactly. Oh. <laughs> right. It's a scale of negative 100 to positive 100. Okay, so you guys so, are doing pretty good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so we just ask people, how likely are you to recommend Outbreak to friends or family? Scale of 1 to 10. Mm. Survey Monkey. It's all in Survey Monkey. Mm. So pull your, pull your athletes. And what can we do to make that score higher? Yeah. Um, people always come in, seem to come into three things. Cleaner bathrooms, cleaner showers, cleaner gym. And our gyms are really clean. Um Lower price, can't really do much about that. And then they've got um, something that they're nitpicky on. But yeah, yeah, I'm pretty happy with that. Mm, that's awesome, Adam. Nice. That's great to hear that you guys, did, I mean, that, that, that's the feedback you're getting. That's awesome for you all. That's that's really cool. Yeah, so. yeah and it's valuable feedback, right? Yes. It's a higher your net promoter score, your NPS score, yeah. the more successful, the more likely people are to recommend you. Mm-hmm. To recommend yeah. you and probably to stay so to stay right unless you're giving them a reason to leave (laughs) you don't give them a reason to leave (laughs) work on that attrition rate but yeah yeah. oh man adam that i think it's so cool you guys have come from in four years and how you all have grown and how you even probably have grown as a business business owner and learn so freaking much (laughs) yeah yeah, yeah. So, but seriously, okay. and it's been cool to watch you guys grow and, and talk to you over the years. And I, I know we've done stories and we connected about different stuff, but, yeah. um, but yeah, first story was like four years ago. Right? Yeah. Four no, years. I think it was like, I think you guys had just opened. Right after we opened. Yeah. And you're like, how did you find us? I'm like, I was Googling. <laughs> yeah, and I know. And then every now and then I'll pop in and be like, Hey, do you want to do some content? And you're like, sure. Yeah. But no, so it's, it's just been kind of cool to watch and, and, and just, just kind of wrapping up, wrapping up the show. Um, I guess if you had to give other affiliate owners one piece of advice, just one, what would it be? Oh gosh, really putting me on the spot, huh? I know, I love it. <laughs> Individual affiliate owners? Sure. Yeah, take a look at your on ramp and take a look at your pricing page on your website. Hmm. Good. Make it make it easy to join your gym, right? Yeah. I think that's the takeaway. You don't want to put a barrier in front of your clients. Yeah. They people want CrossFit. A lot of people still don't even understand exactly what CrossFit is. Right? Like the number of free trials we get where people are like this I've never taken CrossFit is absolutely still shocking. Mm-hmm. Yoga? Yeah, I know what yoga is. Boot camp? Okay, I know what boot camp is, right? We're going to go rock climbing. We're going to take a spinning class. I know what that is. Well, it's CrossFit. 
well, let's try a class. And don't make those free trials at terrible times. Right? That intro class is a bad idea. Mm. Yeah, until you're full. When you're full, then you can go back to your intro class. Yeah. Yeah, yeah Adam, that's good. And uh, yeah. guys, whoever's listening, that is great advice. Um, that's a great action step even. Take a look. Take a look at your systems. Take a look at your intro today, your pricing page. Um, just consider. Just consider what is something that maybe you could change today. What is something that could be better? So... Awesome. Hey, Adam, thank you so much for being on the Thanks, show today. Heather. I appreciate yeah. it. So it's yeah, always great. Too. It's Good always catching great catching up. up. Yeah, man. So thank you so much. And yeah, I'm sure we'll connect soon. All right, Heather. Don't be a stranger. Kettlebell Kitchen offers meals designed by nutritionists, prepared by chefs, and conveniently delivered so you can spend more time in the gym and less time in the kitchen. Use the code BOXTALK to get $25 off your first two orders of $50 or more. And that wraps it up for this episode of Box Talk. If you liked what you heard, or you have an idea of what you'd like to hear, let me know by emailing heather at peakmedia.com, peak spelled P-E-A-K-E. As always, thanks for dropping in.